action. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The Monday night, the meltdown, and I'm uh, melting down because I got screwed over by the bobble rule. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, man. There's a lot of rules that I hate in football nowadays, and the full possession one is the one that I hate the most. Like, you know, guys, Lynn Swan, if we're going by this, you know how many catches Lynn Swan wouldn't have had? You know how many catches Fred Bolitnikoff wouldn't have had? You know, oh, the ball moved. I don't care if the ball moved. Did it hit the ground? No. Then it's a touchdown, right? Then it's a touchdown. Uh, but, hey, it is it is what it is. The college football season, I guess it's not fully over because we do have some of these, like, all-star games. And, you know, the senior, they're still playing the Senior Bowl. Uh, they're still playing the Senior Bowl. There's some other new bowl game, the Collegiate Bowl or something like that that I saw uh, that they were tweeting about this player accepted an invitation to. I think we might have three more football games left, actually, to bet on at uh, as far as the college ranks are concerned. And, you know, uh, we will be betting on them. Uh, today, the big news in the National Football League, more so uh, than the playoffs, Doug Peterson and the situation in Philadelphia uh, right now. A very dysfunctional situation in Philadelphia uh, right now. And, listen, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. He was there five years. They were in the playoffs three to last four years. You can't, you know, it's hard to say that Doug Peterson's tenure there wasn't a success, right? But... The fact of the matter is, the, the Eagles lost a hell of a lot. They weren't the same team. They weren't the same coaching staff. They didn't have the same depth. When they won the Super Bowl, they had a great defensive line. They had a great offensive line. All right? Their lines were great. They won in the trenches. You know, their, their defensive line was old and their offensive line was old. They're not, like, they don't have the same talent in the trenches anymore. Skill position players. They don't have the same skill position players. So... Was it all Doug Peterson's fault? Absolutely not. Uh, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles roster, and there's a ton of holes in that thing, all right? It's not like they're a loaded team or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, you can't overlook the fact that, you know, they were better when Frank Reich was there. And they were better when John DeLafipo, uh, DeLafipo was there, right? They, you know, I've always had a problem with that guy's name. Um, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, damn it. You know, he had, like, a dream team coaching staff. He he was kind of on his own, and the roster wasn't as good. And then he was kind of exposed a little bit. But Doug Peterson's not a horrible coach. The late-night anger management class continues. Bring it. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due! He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. 
Late night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. The Monday Night Meltdown, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Active night in our chat tonight, man. It was like uh, psycho night. Uh, good job uh, by Yang uh, clearing the deck uh, for the most uh, part. Listen, I don't, I don't like bouncing people uh, from, from the chat. There's a lot of censorship going on right now, obviously, uh, in the world. Uh, but for the love of God, like, people just don't shut up. And it's just like stupid, stupid type of stuff. Like, you know, take your medication. And um, like, I don't know, like these people are like insane. Like they really are like, no, I'm not just saying that like loosely, like they really are legitimately insane. Like they are like seriously obsessed with me. You know, I, you know, I guess like, I don't know, like wouldn't you be like obsessed with like Britney Spears or something like that? You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine like you think of all the people in the world that there is to sort of stalk and be obsessed with, but me, like why? <laughs> like, like if the thrill of your day is to obsess over me, I'm on six hours a day and these psychos are there six hours a day under multiple names. And it's actually kind of flattering. Thank you for your listening and watching, but get some help, go for a walk, get some help. I don't know, watch some porn or something like that. Like, you know, do something besides uh, check in with us or preferably get run over <laughs> or preferably get run over. All right, George Kurtz steps up and in. Big fan of Kurtz. All right, let's, uh, but it's always an adventure when George Kurtz steps up and in as well. Let's see what the adventure dome brings us this week. What's up, Kurtz? Uh, good morning, Gabe. Uh, I can tell you I like you, but I'm not obsessed with you. I know you're not, and I like that about you. I know, I know. I appreciate that. You tweet me a couple of times, you know, we'll tweet each other a bit, but not, not obsessed, and I, I appreciate that, uh, George. I truthfully do. But like I said, apathy kills, right? And, and honestly, I think about 25% of our uh, of our audience are psychos. So, um, you know, without them, our ratings wouldn't be as good as they are. So we actually, you know, we're actually flattered uh, by them. Um, you know, basically, the long story short is, George, it's sort of like, um, it's like the Yankees or like uh, Metallica. You can't judge the character of everyone that buys your record or buys a ticket to the game, right? <laughs> you just judge whether the money is real or not. How many dollars at the end of the bank account, right? So all that matters is uh, pay that money. Yeah, exactly. Watch the show, pay the money, listen, and uh, that, that's all it comes down to. So, so national championship game, you're not the biggest college uh, football fan, but did you tune in tonight at all? Did you check it out? It was on, you know. It was certainly on in the background. I was not. I was not watching any TV tonight. I actually had work to do. So, uh, but it was on in the background. It was also kind of a blowout there. So you, uh, it wasn't like it was enthralling TV. Other than uh, you know, how early is Devonta Smith going in the draft? Was really the big question for me. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, you were watching like an Islander scrimmage or something like that, like an intra-squad team scrimmage. Uh, instead of this, uh, instead of this uh, football game tonight, hockey season is two days away. Listen, Devonte Smith, uh, unbelievable first half performance from this kid. You know, just you know, that's, I said this earlier about Alabama guys. The Alabama Crimson Tide, they're a dominant football team with a ton of dudes that are like NFL stars and are going to be NFL stars, but they're they're extremely humble and they're nice guys and they're good kids. And you saw that after the game here. You see how respectful Smith is. Unbelievable. He was targeted 15 times. He had 12 catches for 215 yards. 
uh, three touchdowns, and he barely played. <laughs> like he barely played, George. Like this kid's unreal, and I don't really think there's much debate. Actually, he's going to end up. I say he's going to end up with the Miami Dolphins. He'll. End, I think he'll be the third overall pick, and they'll hook him up with Tua in Miami. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, no matter what the Jets do it too. I think either the Jets don't take a quarterback at two. Either someone trades up for that pick, it'll be to take a quarterback. Whether it be uh, whatever it might be, Fields, you're going to go Wilson, you're going to go uh, Lance, whatever it might be there. I mean, the Dolphins, the, you got to have weapons for Tua. I'm not going to buy that Tua's going to uh, Houston and Deshaun Watson's going there, whatever trade. But even if that happened, by the way, you would need a, a weapon for Watson. Right? There's, no, there's nothing there. So I think it makes sense. You can make the argument that Sewell would be a weapon as well, protect him for the next 10 years. I, so I like that as well here. But I, I, I just can't see if, if Miami, even, even if Miami doesn't want to take him, Gabe, don't you trade down to a team that does? A team that's really, uh, that loves Smith? I mean, he's probably the second best player in this draft after Lawrence, and some will argue he's the best player overall in the draft. Yeah, I don't, you know, you look so lower, let's say Lawrence goes first overall. We'll see what happens with the coaching uh, situation with Jacksonville eventually. But, you got to believe, listen, he's 20 to 1 to go first overall. So, or excuse me, 60 to 1, 20 to 1. Six, let, me, let me check the update. Uh, Fields was 10 to 1 before tonight, but I'm sure the numbers have changed. Uh, we'll see. Let's see if uh, FanDuel has already updated the numbers now. All right. Uh, futures, futures, no. Let's see our draft. All right. All right. Let's see. Okay. So Trevor Lawrence is six, minus, uh, 60 to 1, minus 6,000. Fields is still 10 to 1. Sewell is. Um, Sewell is 11 to 1 to go first overall. That's not going to happen. Zach Wilson, 30 to 1. Trey Lance, 65. It's funny. Devontae Smith is 100 to 1. Obviously, he's not going to go first overall. Jacksonville to draft Lawrence right now is 40 to 1. Uh, the Jets to get Lawrence is 12 to 1. Denver Broncos, 22 to 1. I don't know, man. There's like these teams are unpredictable, George. But I listen, Trevor Lawrence will go to Jacksonville. Well, you know, that'd be a surprise. So it's, you know. It's 40 to 1 right now, those odds. So he, let's say he goes to Jacksonville. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to be the coach there. So let's say he goes to Jacksonville. The big question is what are the New York Jets going to do? And I don't think the Jets are going to take Justin Fields. You know, I don't think the, I think the Jets will stick with Darnold. And you know what's crazy, Joe? What do you think about this? Is it, I don't think they do this because it's not flashy and sexy for the fan base, but. Doug Peterson was with Joe Douglas in Philadelphia, George. I'm going to die to see how they're going to explain this to Jet fans. Think about it. But the number two pick, we're not going to take a quarterback. We're going to take, uh, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they take the offensive line, and maybe they take uh, Devonta Smith, whoever. And we're hiring Peterson. You know, after that disaster would happen in Philadelphia. Yeah, good luck selling that to the New York media and your fans. I think that would be a nightmare. I kind of agree with you. I don't think Donald is necessarily done. I just think he's done with the Jets. I think he needs to move on, maybe be a backup for a year, and you know, maybe go to Pittsburgh. Be a, I don't know if they'll keep Ben because he's got uh, salary cap issues as well, but be a backup for a year and then go again for a starting job. I think Donald has had – they haven't had a lot of weapons around him. There's been a lot of crap in New York and everything that's come out. He hasn't played well either. I mean, it's, a lot of it's on him as well, but I think he needs to change the scenery. I just don't know, Gabe, how can the Jets sell that? I don't know, I don't know if he could sell one of them. More or less do both. To, uh, Doug Peterson and not take the quarterback? Good luck. But, but how are the Jets going to sell hiring Adam Gase? How are the Jets going to sell trading Jamal Adams? How are the Jets going to uh, handle signing Lev Bell and not using him to get rid of You know what I mean? 
we can go on. They are the New York Jets. They do do weird things and dumb things repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. Let's just be real about that. That's what I'm saying. They're unpredictable. Like, that's why you can't say, oh, it's for sure they're going to take Justin Fields. I'm not so sure they will. And Fields didn't play great tonight, but the kid was obviously beat up. His toughness is like, you know, gain respect. Yet, I don't think Justin Fields, is the, it's the case where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to throw Sam Darnold on the bus for Justin Fields. As a, as a betting man, my guess is Sam Darnold is back. My guess is Sam Darnold is back. The question, let me ask you that, what about Carson Wentz? Right? Like, that's that's a big thing. What's going to happen with Carson Wentz moving forward? We're taking a break in a second here. We'll get uh, George's thoughts on this. And if you're a head coach out there and you're going to be interviewing with the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going to want to have a say in things. Right? And, and if not, then you're not going to get a very good coach. You're going to get a yes-man coach. And, you know, the coach is going to want to know who's the quarterback. Hey, are you guys going to force me to play Carson Wentz? Are we going with Hurts? Um... We'll break it down with Kurtz on the other side. Bring it. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Honey, I've got some bad news for you. I know, Marge. I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Oh! Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late Night Anger Match with Class continues. I am Jim O'Brien. See Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to Oliver 80. AM Radio Affiliates. The Monday Night Meltdown. Paul Bovey was with us earlier. Uh, now George Kurtz uh, kicks it with us, uh, courtesy of uh, Sports Grid. So the national championship game uh, is done. Uh, the NFL playoffs uh, are not. Uh, of course, of course, the um, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, melted down last night. They were down 28 nothing after the first uh, quarter. And the Cleveland Browns win 48-37. They're now getting 10 points in this game. The Saints weren't overly impressive, but they did what they had to do. 21-9 winners over the Chicago Bears. Um, Baltimore, we didn't talk much about the Baltimore game. Um, Baltimore and Tennessee, we talked about Baltimore running out on the logo and stuff. They've got a lot of bad blood. I don't like that logo crap, but the fact is Tennessee did start it. The NFL's got to put that fire out. Buffalo gets it done 27-24, of course. And the Rams and Seahawks game was a strange one in which Seattle, you know, Seattle's got to do something about their play calling. Yeah, this is just, it's not working. Every year they get to the playoffs and they go conservative and they lose. How did you do over the weekend, Kurtz? 
I did well. Things, things went very well. And uh, Cam and I cleaned up last night as well during the uh, the night game there at Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So, uh, listen, I said it out last week. I, I love these Saturday games. But Saturday was easier to hit. Uh, everything came in there. Uh, all the teasers and the parlays. I did lose. Uh, a couple of teams. I thought Pittsburgh would win last night. I mean, I really did. See, that's the one game where I just, wow. Yeah, you should have known it. As soon as you see a, uh, a pouncy hikes the ball 30 feet over Ben's head, which is tough to do, and it wasn't even close. Kind of knew that thing was going to go the wrong way. But uh, uh, Cam and I hit every every first touchdown, you know, with the older receivers, got the touchdowns. It was just a good game. It ended, uh, ended up paying off very well. I'm a happy guy. All right, so what are you doing this week uh, moving forward? The Rams are getting six and a half against the Packers. Well, we sort of need to know a couple of things, right? I mean, the Rams are a banged-up team. Who's going to start a quarterback? I assume it's Goff, but they weren't even letting him throw the ball down the field. And they were afraid uh, with that thumb of his. Aaron Donald, what's going to be his situation? Is he have a rib cartilage tear? Was it just sore? It didn't come back in that game. That worries me. That's a you know tough, tough man here. Cooper Cup also has a knee injury here. I don't see how anybody could feel confident in the Rams going to Green Bay at 4.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. I'm going to like Green Bay. Yeah, it's, you know, we're not finding a lot of Rams takers here. Uh, I Listen, when the number came out last night, immediately I said, oh, it's a bad spot. Babano joined us last night, said, oh, it's, it's a bad spot. Uh, Joe Lisi joined us, said it's a bad spot. Paul Bovey tonight, bad spot. Uh, George Kurtz, bad spot. Yet, here we are, George. Point spread open at seven, and somebody likes the Rams because it came down to six and a half. Despite the fact, as you stated, they got a muddled quarterback situation. Um... A, a weird situation here. It's going to be Goff. Like, uh, we had Dr. David Chow on tonight earlier. He said, Walt Wolford's not playing. It's going to be Goff in this game. And and by force, like, actually. Maybe they would have started Wolford, actually. Before, I would have thought that was laughable. But now, I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be Goff here. And we don't know about Aaron Donald. And the point spreads come down. People bet the Rams, or somebody played the Rams, or the number like the numbers will move due to injuries at times. But there's question marks around uh, the Rams. But you know, listen, Bakhtiari's out for Green Bay, George. But is he worth a half a point? I don't know. It's definitely strange because the Packers are one of those teams, uh, Cowboys, Steelers, Patriots, that have a following where the number generally goes up when the money, uh, the Green Bay number comes in, the fans come in. So uh, I'm surprised it went down. I am. But I, I just don't see it. I, I, listen, they have a great defense. Yeah, that defense played spectacular. But the Packers have one of the better offensive lines. Yes, they lost a left tackle. I get it. I don't think that's enough here. I just don't. I'm going to like the Packers in this game. I'm going to definitely have a teaser with the Packers winning, uh, getting a half, whatever, and probably going over 38.5. That's just too low a number there. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to trust the under 52.5, but I could see why people would go that direction, too, if you think Goff still can't throw the ball. Uh, but I do want to see or hear what we're going to hear about the status of Donald Cup. See what comes out about these guys. I agree. I think Goff starts, but I don't care about Goff. You know what's unbelievable, though? Just how good the Rams are on the road. And it's it really is bizarre how yearly they've just they cover these numbers, they win these games on the road. Yet football's all about matchups, guys. And we talked about that with Baltimore and Tennessee. Tennessee had beaten them twice. Baltimore had seen them two times. You know, you get Seattle and the Rams, two teams that know each other immensely. And let's be real, look, Seattle have beaten the Rams now six out of the last eight times that they played each other. It was five and one. They lost a couple of weeks ago. Now they win another big one. Uh, they win now six and two. This is a different style, you know. And Green Bay are just so damn good right now, George. It is hard to get in front of them, but 
there's something about this Rams team that they find a way. It seems impossible that they're going to win this, you know, that they win these games, but they do find a way. you got to give them credit for that. I think they're, they're a team. They're a football team. Sort of an old-school football team. You think about that game between the Rams and the Hawks Saturday. When was the last time you saw a football game where neither quarterback threw for more than 200 yards? Uh, you yeah. and I are old enough to remember that. Just, you know, it's 70s football, maybe in the early 80s. Other than that, you know, it's a throw em league. Let's get 300 yards passing. That's where you start from. You go from there. I couldn't believe when I saw the final stats there that neither quarterback had over 200 yards passing. Amazing to me. I understand Rams, you know, have all their issues there. But Wilson didn't get there either. He just had a, I think he just had a bad game. Maybe Ramsey was in his head, whatever it might be. But uh, the bottom line here is how, how many points can the Rams score in this game? The Packers don't have a great defense, but it's a solid defense. And I think the Rams have a very good defense. The Packers are going to score some points here. They're going to get them the 20s. I don't see you holding them down. I just don't see how the Rams can, without the Packers making mistakes, turning the ball over, returns, uh, something like that. I just don't see how the Rams are going to win this game. Yeah, you know what? They need Green Bay to fall apart. They, they would just need Green Bay to somehow be cold. Uh, rusty after a couple of weeks, fall apart. But the thing is, Green Bay played hard in the last game of the year. So it's not like Kansas City's another you know, story. We went over the numbers. We'll get George's take on that. But Kansas City's another story where Kansas City seems like they haven't had the pedal to the metal, that they haven't. But, but Green Bay did. And as you mentioned, so Green Bay averaged 31.8 points per game, George. Tied for, uh, it's number one in the NFL. Technically number one. Look, they're 31.8. The Buffalo Bills are now 31.1. So the Green Bay Packers put up 31.8 points per game. The Los Angeles Rams uh, offense on the other uh, hand, you know, they score probably a little bit more than people would think, but 23.6 points per game. Yet, that number seems feels a little high, doesn't it? <laughs> Are they going to score 24 points in 25-degree weather at Lambeau, George, do you think? No. Not with a hobbled Goff. We don't know if Goff can throw the ball down the field. We just don't know. Is, can Donald get after Aaron Rodgers? We don't know this. And you know that Green Bay is going to hit him in that side where he's hurt every chance they get. You know, Tess, I know he'll get a shot, and they'll do what they can there, but they're going to hit him. And if, if Cup is not Cup either, I said, there's too much you're asking here. I mean, the good news is, you mentioned it, it's going to be 25 degrees, but not really much wind, no precipitation. For Green Bay in January, you're going to take that and run. But still, that's damn yeah. cold for the Rams. They just don't have the offense here. I can't – I mean, listen, you start with Jalen Ramsey, and you pretty much go, Ramsey, wherever Devontae Adams goes, you go. You know, you're following him all over the place. I'm trying to eliminate him best I can. I don't care where. If Ramsey's lining up in the backfield, uh, if Adams in the backfield, Ramsey's on the line of scrimmage to me. He has to, he has to try and el- eliminate Adams. going to be tooth up, but not make him the focal point. And you can't play all you know, every now and then. If he's on the other side, we'll have the other cornerback. Can't do that because Adams will eat this team alive. Make the other guys beat you. Make the run game beat you. Make Lazard beat you. Make MVS beat you. Don't let Adams beat you. Because I think as soon whichever team gets a 20 points, if Green Bay gets a 20 points, I just don't see the Rams getting there. I just don't. I, don't, I, I think they're a 14, 17-point team as currently constructed with all the injuries. I can't disagree with you. And, you know, listen, you make, you make very valid points, and it's very logical, as Spock would say. Very logical, George. But let me ask you that. Why is the point spread is what it is? How come it's not seven and a half? How come it's not eight and a half? How come it opened at seven and it's now at six and a half? Like, you know, like we said. Yeah, like, it's screaming sucker. It seems like. Yeah. No. Listen, I'm surprised the money line's only minus 300. I would think it'd be a little higher there, too. Chiefs are minus 480 against Cleveland. 
I mean, it, it is screaming sucker. I might feel differently if there, if this was a, a Steelers team, Patriots, Cowboys, something you know, with a national following team. The Rams aren't a national following team. You know, no one cares about the Rams. So uh, as far as national, I don't want to upset Ram fans, but uh, I don't get it either. It does scream, Severe. you know, you're a sucker, sucker, sucker. Yeah, like we can go on and on. But why is the number six and a half then, Kurtz? You got me. I'm, listen, is it, is it a gift? <laughs> look, were we looking at a gift horse in the mouth? Maybe we are. You know, but we had a couple of lines this week that I didn't agree with, too, and they still came in. Uh, this is one of those, if I lose... All right. Everything I thought was right, you said logical. It made sense. Everything I wrote on paper made sense here, but I didn't win. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm not going to overthink this. I don't see how the Rams – I just don't see it, Gabe. I, I mean, literally, I just don't see how they could win. Other than you said Green Bay falling apart. If they're snapping the ball over A-Rod's head, yeah. if, he's, if they're fumbling the football, if they're throwing interception, sure. If, there's, if there was going to be, you know, two degrees below zero with the wind chill, okay, I could see it. Maybe the Ram running game ends up playing better here. But everything points to Green Bay. They had a week off for crying out loud. Everything points to them. What did you think about the Rams and Seattle game before the game? Did you like Seattle? No, I told you last week I was on the Rams. Although, well, granted, stopped. that was before golf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know golf would be out weird. that game. Yeah, that, that was strange. The quarterback stuff got weird. And then he's out, and then, of course, he ends up being in right away, huh? Of course. Like, this is the way, I don't know, man, 2020 slash 21 has been whacked out. George Kurtz, Sports Grid, kicking it with me. I'm Gabe Obrensky, Series M204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Packers like six and a half. I don't know. It seems like the Rams are going to get smoke here, but the number's only six and a half. Totals 45 and a half. Get Kurtz's thoughts on the other NFL games and the Eagles situation and more. Bring it. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Go on, you stupid horse! I got my last ten bucks on you! No, don't look at me! Run! No, don't come over here! Uh, oh, boy. The late night anger management class continues. I have red seat. We're throwing it down. George Kurtz, Sports Grid, uh, joining us. And dear God, they are partying right now in Tuscaloosa. Except, like, listen, I tweeted a I tweeted a video of people in Buffalo after the game on Saturday, and. You know, George, there was basically like 40 people or something like that, and they were all spread out, and they were watching on the street or something. And, and I tweeted out, and people were like, oh, how are you responsible with COVID going on? And I was like, guys, they're all wearing masks. There's like 20 or 30 people here spread out. It's not exactly a super spreader event. Right now, as I look uh, here, Taylor, uh, Taylor Twelman just tweeted this out. Um, there's literally, like, uh, there's thousands of people, like, Listen, it's, it's I don't know. It's hard to tell. Listen, Tuscaloosa is not that big, but there's literally I don't know, 
20,000 people like squeezed in. It looks like Woodstock, like there's more than 20,000. It's beyond pathetic, beyond pathetic. Like this is beyond pathetic. Like, like you want to talk about a super spreader. There's like, I don't know, Matthias, it's like, I don't know how many people will find out. 30, it's tough. Like they tell on a street view like that, but they are like tens of, there's tens of thousands of people like crammed in together right now. Not even walking and moving. Like, all standing together, Kurtz. It's, like, over the top, but whatever. Good luck with that. I'm not going to Alabama anytime soon. Uh, so, George Kurtz <laughs> kicking in uh, with us, talking about we're perplexed. Once again, we're perplexed about a Rams game. What a shock. Same crap last week. Oh, this is the toughest game, but Kurtz is saying it's a slam dunk lock. And, in fact, Kurtz says that go go to the ATM, take all your money out, and put it on the Packers, and if they don't win, he's going to refund your bet. Is that what you said, Kurtz, before? We're having our yeah. audio is not great tonight. Is that what you said? I wasn't sure. <laughs> You're going to need to replay that for me. I don't remember saying quite okay, that. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But it will be the <laughs> highest. It'll probably be the highest bet of the weekend for me as far as a straight game, not including props. Okay, okay. So just to clarify for legal purposes, George Kurtz will not be refunding bets. Uh, he will not be refunding bets. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, we were talking with Paul Bovey about this game earlier, and I don't know. I get it. Baltimore's on a roll right now. They've won six in a row. Um, 6-0 and straight up and against the spread. They got revenge against a team that they lost twice to in the last year. But, I mean, Buffalo are a 13-3 win team. Let's call it 14-3 now with the playoff win. 8-1 on their home field, and they're only one-and-a-half-point favorites. If we want to pretend that home field is three points and all that crap, and it's not with no fans, let's call it one-and-a-half or whatever. But either way, they're saying, basically they're saying if this game's on a neutral field, Baltimore's the better team, George. This line surprises me. This is one's tough. All right, this is the one game I don't think I'll be betting the game here. I'd like to do a parlay on Saturday, take Green Bay minus 300, uh, and... Yeah, I'll see what I can get it down to if I take either Baltimore or Buffalo, but I don't have a strong feeling. I think this is the best game of the weekend. I mean, really, I think this is the best game of the weekend. I give the edge to the Bills. They're at home. They, they deserve that edge. But Baltimore is on a roll, right? They were an incredible roll. I don't think they were overly impressive against Tennessee. You only scored 17 points, right? And Tennessee has really no defense whatsoever, 20 points. Uh, they don't have any defense whatsoever there, so hard to be impressive. And, you know, Buffalo, I know they're taking some crap because, uh, yeah, maybe Frank Reich did cost, uh, ironically, cost uh, the Colts the game with some of his decisions there. But don't you give Buffalo credit as well because, hey, you didn't play your best game and you still won. If you looked blindly at the stats and didn't watch the game, you would think the Colts won that game. But they didn't. Yeah. Right? They made some mistakes. They didn't win the game here. Now, maybe Buffalo just needed to you know, get a game in. Get a game under your belt. Now we're ready to play some football. Exactly. That doesn't surprise me for our team. And I, I think Buffalo's ready to I, – I lean Buffalo here. So I think in the end – I probably will do a parlay of Green Bay and Buffalo. I just think they're the better team. I've been saying it all along. I like Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl. And the reason why is, well, you sort of mentioned earlier, KC just, I think they took the foot off the gas, and I don't know if they're going to get it back. I think they'll win this week, but I don't know if they can get that back. So I still like Buffalo here. I'm not going to be overly concerned. They won a game that I wouldn't say they shouldn't have won, but they didn't play their best. I think they have more to play, more to give here. I think they win. You know, it's interesting. I, I agree with the point that you raised as far as Buffalo, that there was pressure on them to win this game, right? You know what I mean? They've been in the playoffs before. They failed. Josh Allen never won a playoff game. It was their first home playoff game in a while. And look, they were in control. Then they let Indianapolis back in it. Or like we should say, 
It was a close game that Buffalo started to dial it up in the second half. Brian Dable is great, a great second half adjuster. He really is. You know, it's kind of cliche to talk about that, but he really is. Buffalo were good in the second half. I talked about it on in-game live, actually. They're the fifth best team in the second half, scoring 14 points a game. So, yeah, this is a fun game. It's a tough one as a Bills fan. I'm not looking forward to playing Baltimore, but I'm also glad that I don't have to lay three and a half points or something like that. I get Buffalo on the money line at minus 125. Uh, it's 126, but, you know, whatever. 126 right now at FanDuel, and it seems to keep on coming down. For the record, George, a Green Bay Packer, a Green Bay Packer, Buffalo Bill money line parlay is plus 139. So yeah, if you did, that. yeah, so that, that, yeah, that's what it is. And for the record, if anyone likes Baltimore in that spot, so a Baltimore Packer money line, so money line Packers, Ravens money line, plus 177. That's what that pays. It's not bad, actually. The Bills one is plus 139. What about Cleveland and KC? Are you buying in that Cleveland can batter around their way through this with Chubb and Hunt? Uh, you know, they rush for 148 yards a game, and uh, KC give up 122 uh, yards a game on the ground. That's going to be their only hope is to just play, you know, smash mouth football, finish their drives, keep Mahomes on the sidelines. Can they do it? Getting 10 points. Well, you know, first off, all, all kudos to Cleveland. I mean, you won that game yesterday, even though you barely practiced in two weeks. You know, your head coach is buried in the, uh, in the basement. I found it hilarious, by the way, that Stefanski, he didn't, because uh, he paused the TV. At one point, I guess maybe go to the bathroom, whatever, and he was behind. <laughs> so his family was celebrating upstairs. He, he didn't know what it was about because he was behind the game. I find that because we've all done that, by the way. And you look on Twitter, <laughs> what happened here? Oh, man, I put the game on pause. Damn it. Uh, we've all, I just found that hilarious that that happened to him there. So all credit to Cleveland. Now, you know, Kansas City, they've been playing this second half of the season like one of the playoffs starting. You know, can we go already? It was over. They didn't care about the regular season. They won their last six games in a row all by six points or less. That's a, an NFL record. They weren't playing to kill people. They just, all right, we're going to win here, and then we're going to get out of here. They didn't care. Can they turn the switch on immediately? I do wonder. I think this is, a, in some ways, a bad magic to play this run team that's going to run, wants to run the ball you know, right at you. You know, with Chubb and, uh, and Kareem Hunt uh, going at you. I do worry here that they could turn it on immediately. I like the Browns to cover. You know, I'm going to have them in a teaser plus 17. I think Kansas City is going to win the game, although I don't feel overly uh, about it because Cleveland will stay in the game here. But I love the Browns plus 17. Now, George, you know what's amazing, and I brought this up earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs have not won a football game by more than six points going all the way back to the Jets game, to when they played the Jets. Like, every one of their games. Like, so, that game was, uh, what, what was what, November the 1st. So, they won 35-39 on November the 1st. And the week before that, they beat Denver 43-16. All right? So, then they, they played Carolina 33-31. Las Vegas 35-31. Tampa 27-24. Denver 22-16. Miami 33-27. New Orleans 32-29. Atlanta 17-14. Chargers, they lose in the meaningless game. So, we'll throw that one out, but whatever. Same point. But isn't that amazing, George? You have to go all the way back to November the 1st, the last time the Chiefs won a football game by more than six points. They were bored. They were bored this regular season. They had nothing to play for. No one in the division was coming anywhere near them. As soon as they knew that they uh, got past Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh finally lost, they didn't care anymore. They just didn't care anymore. They had home field. They had nothing to play for here. Really nothing. You know, but now they got to turn it on. Week 17. Now they got to flick that switch. they got to flick the switch now. And I don't know if they can. 
You know, uh, we'll see. I think this game's going to be close. That's why I love Cleveland plus 17. I think they, they'll they probably win the game. But this game's going to be closer than people give it credit for. Cleveland, a uh, little resilient team here. And Gabe, I won't be all that shocked. I'm not going to be all that shocked at all if Cleveland ends up winning this game. But I was surprised they won last night. I think the run ends here. But give me the Browns plus 17, and I'll take the over 49. All right. You know, one thing we'll say. I think the last time we can say the Saints tried in a football or the Chiefs tried in a football game was against the Saints. They did in that game. That was Sunday, December the 20th. They won the game 33-29. They were actually up. The Saints came back late. But they rolled, you know, they they mailed it in against Atlanta a couple of days after Christmas. They didn't play anyone on the third against the Chargers. So really, I think you can make that argument. The last time they tried in a football game was Sunday, December the 20th. Now they're playing Sunday, January the 17th. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, they're lethal, but they also play with fire a lot. And as we stated, last year in the playoffs, down in every game, we just went over it. They haven't won a game by more than six points all the way back to November the 1st against the New York Jets. It's a long time. Um, All right, George, what about the the Saints uh, Saints and the Bucks? Tough game here. These two teams have played twice, obviously. Division rivals, they played twice. The Saints uh, beat them by double digits both times. They beat them, was it double, was it what, 34-23? Yeah, so uh, they beat them in week one, and then, of course, there was the humiliating 38-3 beatdown on that Thursday nighter. What do you make of this one? Uh, it was actually a Sunday night. Cam and I had that game. Oh, it was a Sunday now, night? Yeah, prime yeah, time, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only did the Bucks get beat down, but I got beat down. I lost like every prop. I mean, that, that was I thought that was going to be a nice high-scoring game. I had so many Buccaneer props. And, oh, oh, me too. Me too. That was terrible. I, that, I think I weeped as soon as in-game live ended that night. Uh, listen, we, you're going to hear this stat a thousand times this week about you know, what's the record of a team that plays a team a third time that's lost the first two. It's 14-7, and seven, by the way. So generally, the team does win again. They sweep the series 3-0. Yeah, they win two-thirds of the time here if that means anything to anybody. That's your stat there. So the team that won the first two times is 14-7 and seven in the playoffs when they play in the third time? Correct. They win two-thirds of the time. Yeah. So... Take that for what it's worth. I mean, uh, I knew uh, I knew we were going to hear it a million times this week. But the, once again, the Buccaneers are playing well. But everything you look about the Buccaneers is against bad teams. Yeah, you're watching to watch this score 23 points against them with you know Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. You want you want a Heineke? He's got 23 points. They had a chance to tie the game on the last second drive. Hard to be all that impressed there. And it wasn't like the defensive line really took over the game there. Now, granted, some of that's game planning by the Bucks. Great job. Saints have had their number. I mean, you mentioned both those games this year. The first game wasn't even that close, by the way. The second game was just an ass-kicking. The first game wasn't that close. So, I mean, Saints don't impress me, though. They just don't impress me. But I think they played this season smart. You're putting Thomas on IR to get him as healthy as he can possibly be for the playoffs. I thought, by the way, one of the easiest props of last weekend, Mike Thomas did not have a touchdown all season. And I thought one of the easiest props was Thomas to score. On Sunday against the Bears. I mean, they, they were going to want them to get him in the end zone, even though apparently Drew Brees and Thomas hate each other. Uh, always nice to see. Uh, I'm scared <laughs> of this game. I'm scared. You know, because um, everything points to the Saints, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to pull that trigger game. You know how even these teams are? It's funny you say that because, yeah, listen, Drew, Drew Brees is such sort of a character guy and team guy, and Michael Thomas has evolved and just sort of a me, me, me type guy. And I can see, like, Drew Brees not being down with it. It's amazing how evenly matched they are, though, guys. New Orleans Saints have scored 480. They scored 482 points in a regular season. They gave up 337. Tampa Bay put up 492. They gave up 355. 
So in other words, the Saints have a point differential of 145 points. Tampa have a dip point differential of 137. We wrap up with Kurtz on the other side. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. A three-minute warning, level two. George Kurtz kicking with us. We appreciate his time. We know it's late on the East Coast, and we appreciate uh, everybody uh, tuning in uh, here this evening, even our psychopathic uh, stalking trolls, who I don't mind if you tune in. Just stay out of our chat. <laughs> yeah, feel free to tune in. Just, you know, listen. Just listen and watch and shut up, all right? That's, uh, that, that, everyone will be happier, including all the normal people in our chat that just want to talk sports. Um, all right, George Kurtz uh, with us. So, George, before we get you out of here, uh, I'm looking forward to adding a new sport to the rotation to bet on on a nightly basis, the NHL. We're less than 48 hours away right now, uh, George. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, Montreal and Toronto uh, are first up. Chicago and Tampa, Vancouver and Edmonton, uh, and uh, St. Louis and Colorado. So we got a bunch of games out of the game. What a six-pack of games on Wednesday night. Yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, looking forward to it. Uh, Chicago's going to be a train wreck this season. Too many injuries. Jonathan Taze is out there. I know, Gabe, I'm sort of wondering how these teams are going to approach this season. You know, the condensed schedule. Are the backups going to play more often than net? Or are teams are going to play, you know what, we got 56 games. It's a sprint, not a uh, not a marathon. Starters play more often here. I'm curious to see how teams do this. Tampa Bay is probably my favorite game that I like on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, they're minus 230, though. You're going to lay a puck and a half plus 120. That's probably what I'm uh, heading to. I'm not going to lay 230. Listen, I, I, listen, there's always a parlay opportunity. I'm going to like the Montreal, uh, I'm sorry, not Montreal, Toronto. It's probably another team I'm interested in here. Uh, I like, kind of like the over in Vancouver at Edmonton as well. I don't trust Braden Holtby playing net for Vancouver whatsoever. It's six and a half, but I still like it. Um, you know the game I'm looking at, I think the number is too light here, is the Colorado Avalanche. Minus 140 against the St. Louis Blues. Colorado Avalanche versus St. Louis Blues. We're going to get into the pucks tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, Wednesday the season starts. It'll be a good time. Like I said, it's just another sport to add to the rotation uh, here. Hockey's a fun sport to bet on. And FanDuel does a good job, too. You've got all kinds of player props as well uh, for hockey. Uh, prop prop uh, playing is much more popular, that's hard to say, uh, than it used to be. But even in hockey right now, people are getting into the props. George Kurtz is the man. Thanks, George. My pleasure. George Kurtz, kick it with us. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.